All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Do you still get, and I guess you'll know better next week uh, when it's your birthday, the happy birthdays, the obligatory happy birthdays yeah. from people you went to high school with who clearly just do this every day? Yeah. Yeah, you like there. I used to get like 150 of them because everyone used to do it's it. It's way less like, it now. Big, it's like 30 now. Yeah, right? now you get like yeah, 30 or 40. And yeah, you're like oh, big day. But there's always some in there that's like, oh, that was nice. That was nice of that person to <laughs> yeah. do. Or like, yeah, you're like seriously, or Whoa. it was just completely habitual. Like sometimes they you're kind up, of impressed by the person. Like, wow, I got birthday props from that guy. Definitely, definitely, I've He's had like that a before. Warrior now. <laughs> That guy was horrible in high school. Yeah. And I still want him to wish me happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> this is great. I should call him over for my birthday party. Yeah, and then you really find out where you stand. That's right. Hey, it's been a really long time since we did a podcast. Has it been like four weeks? I think we only missed two weeks because I canceled one just from exhaustion and then you canceled one for a better reason the week before. Right, which was my friend's wedding. Yeah, the, you had the, a wedding. That was That's the right. 22nd and last week. Was there one before that? I think so. I think that was the week we did uh, that Benedict Cumberbatch show. Oh, okay. Patrick Melrose. Yeah. Which I didn't dive more into yet. No, and you said you would. I know. I should. I've just been busy. You have been busy. Hey, I've been busy too. Summer. Yes, you have. You've been super busy. The busiest. I'm a landowner. You're a landowner. You can put a house up there if there wasn't one already there. There is a house there, and I own that too. That's amazing. Yeah. This, uh, the sold sign goes up tomorrow. Sweet. Yeah. So what did you think about the whole process? It was bizarre. And there's a big part of me that feels a little bit um, fraudulent about it all. Okay. Just because like like yourself and other friends of mine who have gone through the process and took a lot longer. Like yep. there's, a, there's a big part of me that's like very self-conscious. Like I, I think I said it to you. There's a big part of me that needs to validate like, uh, but it wasn't impulsive. It didn't feel impulsive. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it didn't, um, but of course it was much faster than, than a lot of people with sure, their first but, house. But there were houses that I think if I jumped on quicker, I would have, you know, if I if I would have known to, I would have jumped on quicker. Yeah. But it took me about like a year to realize. And then we ended up putting the offer in the first night on our new house that we have now. Well, exactly. It's just all this preamble, which you spent learning about what you wanted. And then as it happened, it, it was not impulsive, but fast moving. That's right. And yours was for sale and then it was sold and you were like, oh man, that, that place, oh, it's, and it's, that's, it was sold. That's what I keep saying. I'm like not a big destiny person. Right. And even that made me feel gross just saying that. But like, you don't feel like destiny's child. I don't feel like destiny's child. Destiny's nephew, maybe. Right. Okay. Uh, there was something that kind of stood out to us about that house. I mean, just for one, we saw a lot of houses mm -hmm. and it was always like one of us liked it more than the other or we completely hated it collectively. Sure. Uh, we rarely both loved a house the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was one of those examples and like we never really forgot about it. So we kept an eye on it through all of its, it was sold and then it was pending for a really long time and right. we heard through the grapevine that the sale was going to go through and then it did and so we were ready to pounce on it. Right. And then even then we had to kind of go through our first experience uh, negotiating. Right. Like had you put any offers in on houses and then been rejected? No, the, the house that we ended up getting was the first house that we actually legitimately put an offer in. That on. makes me feel better. Yeah. 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 So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, I, I struggle to come up with something that's kind of a bummer about the house. Yeah. It was a weird feeling when we, when we saw the place, liked it, and we're like, oh, we both really like this. Yeah. Like, we should 
do something? Like, do we do we go to a realtor's office tonight and yeah. figure it all out? And we well, get- yeah, because it just feels so substantial that you're like, it's almost like your your cautious brain is like searching for reasons for this not to be a good idea. Yeah, and you kind of come up short. Totally. So that happened, and we move August first, which is stupid. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, so soon. It feels quick, but you know what? The fact that you don't have to do anything to the house, mm-hmm. like you got your, um, you did your whole uh, inspection, and that all went through. It did. You're set. Yeah. Like I we know. had like eight different things to go through. Like, did okay. you have like major things? Like, it, well, it needs like, immediate attention yeah, things. Yeah. Well, okay. The sewage line that has to be changed. Right. Um, the the electrician said that this panel wasn't like up to code. We want that changed before, before we go in. And then there was some back and forth about the actual sewage line and the panel stuff ended up getting done. And then we were like buying furniture from the previous owner. And oh, okay. Just figuring all that stuff out. Um, so I feel like you just have a complete clean slate to, yeah, like, and I would have been, I'm so naive that I would have done whatever they told me I had to do. Yeah. Like uh, up to a point where I would have been like, well, okay, I guess we can't buy this house after all. But like with the inspection guy, I kind of trusted this guy right away. And he, he said to me in reference to the sewage line, like, I can tell you it goes under your driveway. You don't have any trees out there. He Mm -hmm. says, I would like to take your money, but it wouldn't be right. That's awesome. We're not doing the test. Totally. And so that was a cool move. And your house is like, okay, it was built this time. So we know at this time they were using this. This was to code. So like, that's fine. You're that's not the other thing like cast iron. is the house isn't that old. It's 25 years old. Yeah. And so it's kind of in that, that awkward age where if something hasn't been tended to since it was built, it's probably pretty rickety. Right. But most things have been like the roof is only five years old. Awesome. So... Yeah, I just kind of can't believe how how much luck we've had thus far. It hasn't happened yet, but all the the really intense things are are over. We just have to do the actual uh, transaction. Yep. And the moving of our things. You have a lawyer. Yep. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's really weird. Going, being like, yes, we talked to our lawyer. Yeah. And yeah, I know. And you don't, I haven't met him. You don't completely understand all of the ins and outs of it. Oh, so how did you pick your lawyer? He was, my, he was my parents' lawyer there, when, yeah. when they moved a couple years ago. Sure. And our realtor is my mom's cousin right? who also sold their house. And he was phenomenal. If you live in Halifax and you're looking to buy or sell, use Ron Marr. Amazing realtor. There you go. Attention to detail. Sweet. Yeah, it was really great. I um, my, I, I also used a realtor. And I people at the time were like, why are you using a realtor? You should just go private sale and all you need is a lawyer. No, that is that would not have been okay with me. No, and and my experience has actually proven firsthand why it's not a great idea to go private sale unless oh. you've unless you've done it like five times and you really know what you're what you got to get done what you, like you know the process maybe sure but, maybe but that was not it for me right I, I would have been so confused and there were so many there's so much bullshit that ended up coming up that had to be dealt with that it's I was so a, happy it's that it's just you, a person whose job it is to handle certain things that you don't want to have to do yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, obviously there's a cost to that, but yeah, I find well, there kind of is, but when you're, when you're buying, it's not technically you that's paying that. No, I guess like you're paying for the house. Yeah. Yeah. You're paying for the house and the 5% technically comes from the seller side. Yeah. That's sort of true. Which I mean, it's, it comes from their money. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because you still have to pay. So I guess, yeah, if you didn't have the two realtors and you got to sell a house sometime. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's the investment people are looking to do when they're actually 
selling a house because originally these sellers were trying to do it privately. And when we came around, they had found a listing agent. Right. But initially where it fell through, Mm -hmm. they had been doing it privately. And I don't know exactly what happened. I'll never know. Right. But it seems to me that you shouldn't disregard like an ancient industry. Right. Obviously there for a reason. Yep. Yeah. Like prostitution. That's a that's a big one. You shouldn't disregard. <laughs> Don't prostitution. disregard it. I wouldn't disregard it. Keep in mind. Yeah, I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. I never stop being aware of it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and I've never stopped for a prostitute. <laughs> I've never rolled down the window. Yeah, good. Right. Did I ever tell you about the time that I rolled up in North End Halifax to my friend's house? I parked around the corner, and uh, North End Halifax. Yeah. Uh, Where's the story going? This was on. So this was on uh, Ontario Street. Okay. And I pulled around the corner because actually Colin and Catherine lived there. This is not a red light district. No. But there was an older lady standing in front of the house and I pulled over to the side. And as I was like getting my bag and like unbuckling my seatbelt, this lady knocks on the window. No, she doesn't knock on the window. She just opens up and gets in. Wow. And I was like, what, what? And I... As soon as she she was like looking at me with the door open and I went, oh, no, 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 no. Ah. And she goes, oh, sorry. No. I, I swear to God. Come on, though. She's not. I swear to God. But do you sure didn't, she didn't just think you were a taxi? Oh, no. She did not flag me over or anything. She was standing <laughs> on the corner. Yep. And I pulled over. My blinker was on. It was a short street and I just pulled down a side road and parked. Yep. And it was a sketchy street, and there are known to be ladies of the night there. Maybe she thought you were her drug dealer. I don't think so. No? Do you think I have a drug dealer kind of face? Because that says something completely different about me. No, I like, don't think... Oh, there's my drug dealer. Because <laughs> that would offend me. <laughs> that would it's okay me. if I look like a John, but I don't want to look like I'm selling anyway, drugs. Hey, that could be any of us. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. never, You never know. They're, they're dressed in plain clothes. You're right. Okay, well, I hope she's doing well. <laughs> I doubt she is. Yeah, doesn't sound like it. Yeah, yeah. she's but not even it. in the good part of town for that. No, no. And she was, <laughs> trust me, she was. We're not talking high, high class here. Oh, God bless her. She was not a pretty woman. Oh, right. And I'd never seen that movie before this Christmas. I still haven't seen it. Maybe we talked about this before. I was thinking about how I heard someone say. Pretty Woman was a great movie. Actually, it was this past weekend when I was in Cape Breton. Yeah, it is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how well it holds up. You know on the rewatchables with Bill Simmons, how they have a section of right. stuff that doesn't hold up? Yes. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't age very well. Gotcha. Which you can imagine. Right. Like, there's a whole scene where one character tries to rape her. Right. And that's just the character. Right. <laughs> no, it's the, the, oh, like Richard Gere? No, no. Oh, okay. No, no. He's the hero. Right. But like, there's another character who's not necessarily the villain. It's just not. Yeah. It's not. He's not clearly the villain. <laughs> right. No, he's it's not like, the bad. He's not like the force working against Julia Roberts. In the right. Film, except for when he tries to rape her. Oh, God. And it's it's in no uncertain terms. That's, That's hard to watch. what almost happens. Yeah. But the film otherwise is very charming and she has a heart okay. of gold. <laughs> She's got a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Hook they, her with a heart of gold. They made a huge mistake. <laughs> uh, great, great movie. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? I don't have a whole lot of TV notes, and I think that's that makes it difficult when we haven't done a podcast in a long time. I'm like, what is still a relevant What's topic? What's topical? I, you know what? I took some notes over the past couple weeks. Um, the one thing that we haven't discussed on the podcast yet, surprisingly. Hardwick? Chris Hardwick. I know. You want to go into it? Yeah, okay. I want to be very careful. I know. You feel conflicted now because we talked a little bit about this, and I, I, I 100% agree with where you're coming from, which is like... Oh God, this guy is like, 
a fucking total nut job creep. If you read that essay for sure. Yeah. Which is what we read. Yep. And then like nothing else has really happened. No, that's, that's the weirdest thing is that, and I'm just, I'm just saying things. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with anybody. Uh, But usually Mm -hmm. when there's like a big viral story about somebody appearing to be a scumbag, there then follows a bunch of other examples, more evidence contributing to this theory. Right. For example, like yesterday, three more people accused Kevin Spacey of being oh god a, a, a creep. Wow! So like that that uh, persists. Yep. There were no other examples of people saying, "Oh yeah, Hardwick treated me that way." Right. Other than people like kind of using that as an opportunity to toot their own horn and being like, "Well, I never liked him anyway." Or oh like, really? I never liked his attitude. Who was saying that? It's just, no. I just mean like just people like on in Twitter. The public. Oh, I never found him funny. As if finding him funny would have made it better. <laughs> Right. We all found Louis C.K. funny, and we don't watch right. him anymore. But but there, there's been no one. There hasn't been like uh uh you know I'm trying to think like uh Francis McDormand who's been like you know what he was a dickhead. <laughs> well, no, and I think I think something working in his favor reputably uh-huh. for that is that there's an element in her essay that that rings true, which is how obsessed he is with fame and how he turns it on for famous people. So the way she depicts him or, you know, person X who she anonymously discusses in the essay, who's clearly Chris Hardwick uh, is as somebody who is very on and very charming around the famous people, such as the people you'd have on his podcast, like Francis McDormand, who wouldn't see that other side of him. Right. Um, And that kind of rings true. Like, I don't necessarily think he might be, a, a terrible person or, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can definitely see him being a bit of a fame junkie. Yep. Does yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of pumping people's tires. Like he's never, he's always like, Oh, but you were so great at that. Right. Oh my God. Like it's never, he's kind of the positive guy. That's yeah. kind of his MO. Totally. Uh, but now there are like three other ex-girlfriends of Chris's like long, cause he's a monogamy guy, right? Okay. Other long-term people who have been like, well, for the record, I didn't see any of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Other people who like in his past have been like, hey, we're not close anymore. Right. But that wasn't my experience. Sure. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when he was with Chloe Dykstra, which was for a long time, yeah. he was like 20 years older than her. Uh, he was just on the brink of his fame. Yeah. Well, he'd been famous for a long time, but like his big fame and his and his uh, multimillionaire status mm-hmm. as like a, an executive. Yeah. So maybe that was kind of turning him into somebody you wouldn't want to be. Right. Uh, but I've been thinking a lot, and I'm going to bring this up again when we talk about uh, one of our shows. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about that episode of Revisionist History, which you right. recommended. Yep. The, the Malcolm Gladwell talks a lot about how our memories can warp reality. Yes. And I think that's a very interesting thing to bring up right now mm-hmm. because it, it, it... And he brings, he brings uh, Rose Gowan into the whole fold. I know, I know. Which is which is interesting. I mean, yeah. it's it, but it's like, and I know I, I I I do believe women, but like, and he frames it well. Like he, although he's walking kind of a line for a second, yeah, he, he is. says, you know, just like this reporter, uh, these claims should be uh, interrogated and substantiated, and then that will give you know women the power going forward. Yeah, and I'm all for that. I. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, I am I don't know that we'll ever know, which mm-hmm. is kind of unfortunate. I don't know. Yeah. 
I want I want people to be happy. I don't want people to be wronged. Right. And that you goes for both sides. You want the least amount of suffering. Of course. Obviously. Of course. I believe that Chloe Dykstra believes she was mistreated. Right. And she might be correct. Mm-hmm. But that's as far as we can go. Now, what's interesting is she ends her essay with, by the way, don't litigate. I have video and audio proof. And we oh. haven't seen any of that. Interesting. So... And like Patty Hearst has been very vocal on Twitter about how, you know, she should really, she should really bring that shit out if she wants to play hardball. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that Nicole Brown uh, is taking over the Comic-Con panels, which a lot of people are taking to mean like uh, AMC has fired Chris Hardwick. They have not fired Chris Hardwick. No. He has stepped down. Right. He has, he has voluntarily backed away. Well, they kind of said AMC is, is like kind of like not airing any episodes of talking with Chris Hardwick until the matter is resolved. That, they shelved that. That was what I heard from AMC. Right, but he also was supposed to host a bunch of uh, Walking Dead uh, panels at yeah. like Comic-Con. Oh, sure. And now he's not going to do... He came out in his statement and said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to... And so right. uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, who, of course, is like the second person on Talking Dead, right? Yeah, she, she comes on with like a notebook. She's the right person explaining to, the symbolism between different things. She's yeah. the right person to do that. And she said, look, I'm not taking anybody's job. I'm just filling in this role. And so I think all of that's being handled very well. I know on Reddit, which is largely male, mm-hmm. um, there is a growing uh, support for Chris Hardwick, mm. just uh, built of the suspicion that something is missing. Right. And all I can agree with is that something is missing. But I don't necessarily think we're entitled to see that missing thing. Right. Right. It. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do you say besides you, you don't know? We don't know. No one knows. Nobody knows, buddy. Nobody knows. Uh, uh, well, Oprah's not running for president. Oprah's not running for president. Yeah, <laughs> she shouldn't. No, we agreed on that. I think we agreed on that when that was. Michael Avenatti wants to run for president. Michael Avenatti? Yeah, is Avenatti Avenatti? Who is that? Stormy Daniels' lawyer. Oh, he's perfect. really like he's really positioned himself as like a real hero of the people. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a shit show that would be if he's the one that ends up getting in. It remains a shit show, you know. Not to get into it too deep, but mm-hmm. we have been on hiatus for a particularly bad time for the Trump administration. Totally. All of the uh, immigration policy was very hated. Yep. And I think Trevor Noah said something really interesting on Willie Geist's um, podcast, which I listened to on the way to Cape Breton because it was one of the podcasts my mom suggested. Okay. <laughs> and cool. I was, cool I was great this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and although she'd never listened to a podcast, she'd watch the show and right. suggested. Um, so we listened to that and he kind of says, you know, I don't know that, you know, I think sometimes people are people see Obama through rose-colored glasses, and you know, the although it seemed like the things he was saying made it seem like he really cared about the you know the immigrant care, the policies that were in place and the the structure that the immigration actually took. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry, I, I guess I mean like the care for the the children immigrants actually right. took wasn't necessarily amazing. So the, it's hard. Passion wasn't necessarily proven. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's kind of sad that like all we really want now is a little class, a little dignity. Right. But like, I think that's what we miss most about Obama is yeah. that he could speak in full sentences and he wasn't a, like a complete, like right. uh, a trash bag. Well, a tweet the other day said if it like, 
we're making great strides with North Korea. If it weren't for me, we would be at war with them right now. Yeah. And I was like, you're the one who brought up any kind of war. <laughs> yeah, if dude. it weren't for you, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it would have been like status quo, if nothing else. Yeah. Seth Rogen was on some talk show recently. I might have been Colbert because they always have to talk about Trump no matter who he's talking to. Sure. No matter how like disjointed the connection to Trump might be. Right. They're talking about it. And they, he brought up the movie, The, uh, the Interview. Okay. Which, like, you remember what a big cultural phenomenon that movie was? Yeah, before it was released, really. Oh, but it was, like, enormous. Now it just kind of seems like a, a charming story. But, like, that was an international incident. Yeah. That movie. Yeah. Uh, and and he brought up how ridiculous it was because, like, right after Trump had the, had the meeting with Kim Jong-un. And Seth Rogen really laid it out, which I'd never considered. He said, we didn't just make a movie that satirized Kim Jong-un and his relationship to... America. Right. We made a movie about a, a narcissistic TV star yes. who gets invited to North Korea right. and then gets tricked into thinking Kim Jong Un is an okay guy. Right. And that is exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly what happened with with Dennis Rodman first. True. And then Trump. I know it's very very bizarre. It's very bizarre, but here we stand. Here we stand. And anyway, where were we going with that? Where did this start? I don't know. Michael just, Avenatti. Just Trump. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Trump and it being a bad time for for the president. Maybe LeBron James could be the president so he doesn't have to go to Los Angeles. Oh, it probably It probably won't pay him $140 million over four years. Yeah. But it is a four-year contract. Your Cavs. Now, Bill Simmons has been calling this for like seven months. Yeah, I know. I've heard him say it before. Yeah. Too. I know. LeBron James is going. He's going to learn to become a billionaire from Magic Johnson. His you know what? I don't, son's going to school there. I don't know anything about anything. Uh -huh. But to me, it just seems too easy. It seems so obvious. Like they're not. They're not a good team, which is the one kind of saving grace he has going. Like right for the last six or seven years, they've been terrible. Okay. They have not made it really into the playoffs. They're that's going to make them fun to watch. Oh. Oh yeah, like he's going to be a absolute superstar. There. It kind of makes sense that they have him then because they, in spite of not being a good team, they have no shortage of cash, no. and they want to be up there again. Yep. LeBron wants to be the star no matter where he goes, which of course he would be totally. Uh, but he's even more of a hero if he brings somebody out of their hole. Although, and you're going to love this, Golden State signed Boogie Cousins for one year, and he's like a crazy all-star. I know you think the name's funny. I kind of just want I think the name is funny? Like, yeah. I'm I'm unreasonable for thinking the name is funny? No, I just, I knew as soon as I said it, as soon as, I kind of baited you with Boogie Cousins. Yeah, you did. I could have said DeMarcus Cousins, but right. I just wanted to see your face when I said <laughs> Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins. Uh, he signed for $5 million, which is like way, way, way hilariously less than he's worth with the Warriors. Is he great? He's really good. Yeah. He's recovering from an injury, but he's he's undoubtedly like one of the twenty best players in the NBA. So why did he take a, a small pay? Because he's going to be joining the Golden State Warriors, who have won the last two uh, championships and the championship the year before the one they didn't win. Yeah, but he has to share the spotlight. Yeah, but he just wants a, a ring. Okay, he want he's like I'm gonna get a ring. He's part of the problem with people just growing these super teams. And, and it could happen with LeBron, too, where, you know, two other amazing players end up going there. They've already been signing other players, but they're not really amazing. But I think they're going to, they're probably going to go to the finals. So, like, Jack, and everyone's going to be there. Jack Nicholson is going to be really happy about this, right? If he can, like, talk or 
<laughs> like <laughs> he's only like 80 i think i think he's got some serious shit wrong with him really like i don't know how well he could str- you haven't seen the guy interviewed or anything for like years he hasn't acted he's not very mobile like, i think he retired i think after he's, the bucket list i'm convinced that like after the bucket list he just like became the most not the most senile but definitely became <laughs> senile well i hope not I hope not too, but I, I just don't have a whole lot of reason to believe that he could go on a, a podcast or a radio show and be super articulate about <laughs> being a Lakers fan or acting or whatever. I think I'm not sure he was ever articulate. Like I think he's always been a crazy person. Maybe that's kind of his charm. Yeah, he's just yeah. kind of like, hey, you know, with LeBron now, we're gonna uh, <laughs> oh championships. There was a small hint of decent Jack Nicholson in there. There's a little bit of Jack Nicholson. You have to a, mine it out. A little bit it, of Christian Slater, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Um did you hear about the whole uh Fallon Colbert Conan thing? Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know whose show it was. I don't know either. I haven't even watched it yet. Oh, okay. It's not um, a big deal. It was, they all just got together and were like, hey, Trump, you said this about us. Well, or like kind of played into it. It's been uh, a while since Trump bashed uh, Colbert or Conan, if he's ever bashed Conan. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't think, I think it's understood they're not pals. But uh, Jimmy Fallon's relationship with Trump is just a little bit more complicated. And, and not because he's like his buddy or anything, and certainly not his supporter either. Although I think for a long time, Trump fans liked the narrative that Jimmy was straddling the fence because he secretly was like a Trump fan. Patted his head. When and... that never was true. Right. That was never the case. Right. Uh, and by the way, way too much was made out of patting his head. I know. Come on. Who I cares? Know. I know. Who cares? Um, so, but I actually liked the way Jimmy responded to it when, when, because uh, Trump called him a softie or something. He said mm-hmm. he, he took it back and he, that makes him weak. And Jimmy responded it to in a really classy way, I thought. What did he say? He just, he admitted that it was kind of depressing the way people reacted to it, and he does regret it, and uh, and then he made a donation uh, to to immigrants, and it, it was just cool. It was nice. cool, and then they did a sketch, like a crossover sketch with Colbert and, and Fallon and Conan, where they're just like all trading snaps that they have been uh, given by Trump. Right. Which is funny. Right. Yeah. Um. All right, what else you got? I don't have a whole lot. Miles Teller, did you hear about his new gig? Yeah, he's going to be playing Goose's son. This movie's going to flop. I'm calling it right now. Nobody's going to care. They're making this big thing out of it in the press, like the development of it is exciting. It's going to come and go. I'm being quiet, and this is me thinking. (laughs) Because I think it kind of depends on the cast, too. But the cast is Tom Cruise and... and Miles Teller. And Miles Teller. Well, and also, uh, what's his name? Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer. Oh, is he in it too? Yeah, but I don't care. No. Uh, get get Michael B. Jordan in there and then we'll talk. Michael B. Jordan's not going to do that. Michael B. Jordan might do it. He's not going to do it. I think Miles hey, Teller. I've been talking to Michael B. Jordan. You have, eh? Yes. He's our guy. Name? Yeah. He listens to the podcast. Oh, nice. Um, He was tweeting me a little bit. I said, hey, dude, just send me your number. Yep. We'll text. Yep. Uh, was talking to him. He said he thinks that would be a really interesting choice. He's not sure that he wants to do it okay. because of the fact that he's already doing Creed, which is kind of a relaunched series. Sure, so yeah. So he doesn't want to do... He doesn't want to be the reboot guy. Well, he's not sure. Okay. He's not sure that he wants to be the reboot guy, but he thinks maybe that's his brand. Okay. But I said, MBJ. <laughs> MBJ, I said. MBJ. I said, dude, you got to do what feels right to you. Right. And he was like, 
I'm going to give it some thought and I'll keep you posted. So by the way, that's very sage advice. Thanks. Yeah. Feel, do what feels right to you. No, it's really natural. I, think I, that... I gave the same advice to you when you were looking for the house. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That is your go-to advice. It's, I know. I'm putting myself out there a little bit too much, and I'm worried about what people will think of well, me look, saying that. I got the house of my dreams. Uh-huh. Michael B. Jordan's going to do what feels right to him. Potentially get the role of his dreams. S- certainly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing Maverick's stepson. Did you happen to ask him if he wants to come on the podcast with us? No, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. Right, I know. You know how it would feel. He it sounds was, to me like he was that guy, though, because he reached out to you. He, well, he, yeah, he started tweeting me. Right. Which, you know, we had our, our little back and forth. Yeah. But I wasn't going to say, I didn't want to, like, you know, plug, but I was trying to help him through some serious times. Oh, okay. So I really it, feel bad for him that he doesn't have anybody else to discuss these these life decisions with. He was a little vulnerable. I know, yeah. I know. Not that you wouldn't do a great job, but it's just very. It's it seems a little bizarre that he didn't have anybody closer <laughs> than half of a podcast he listens to. It's me. Yeah, and it's Sly Stallone. Oh, okay. You and Sly. Those are, they, from what he said. Yeah, that seems to be his his go to. I believe it. I believe it too. Yeah. I mean. I like to believe that he meant it, meant what he said. Next time you talk to Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. tell him that I think his friend Miles Teller yes. is Shia LaBeouf if Shia LaBeouf cared what people thought about him. That's right. Cared a little too much, maybe. Yeah. And weren't they in the Final Four together? Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. They were also in that movie uh, with Zac Efron, the uh-huh. rom-com. Uh-huh. It was very good. Nobody saw it, but right. it was really good. Yeah, well, he was mentioning that, too. And I said... Dude, forget about that. Yep. The future's a mystery. The past is history. Live in the present because it's a gift. Wow. That, All right. We should just God. end right now. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Uh, well, we're not going to talk about Top Gun anymore <laughs> after that. <laughs> I don't know if we can talk about anything What else anymore. is there to do? Talk about the volleyball scene? Will they cre- recreate it? I'll ask MBJ. I don't know, sweets. I wish I did. The volleyball scene is exactly why they shouldn't remake this movie. That's right. Because they're not going to be able to resist themselves. They're going to do something that's akin to You're it. You're right. And it's going to be horrendous. That's a great point. Yes. It's going to be, if it's not that, it's going to be like, let's try, what's cool now? Beer pong's cool. Okay. Well, like, what if we did like a beer pong scene? Like, You're exactly right. Really getting into it you're exactly or it's gonna be like Fortnite or something they're gonna have a Fortnite tournament you're right. in, in top gun right <laughs> that i want to see scarlett johansson in trouble she has a knack for being cast in roles that people think should have gone to other people last year there was ghost in the shell yeah which fans of the graphic novel were mad didn't go to an asian person because mm-hmm. the character is asian so that's like whitewashy okay now she's been cast in rub and tuck which she plays a uh, a transgender man. Okay. This is not the first time a cis person has been cast as a transgender person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there has been some kind of outcry that that role should have gone to a transgender person. Who was the original one? I don't know who the original one was. Mm-hmm. But after the backlash, Scarlett Johansson released a, a response where she basically was like, look, I'm not the only person to do this. Yeah. What about Jared Leto? What about right. Felicity Huffman? What about Jeffrey Tambor? Right. And also, I'm acting. Yes. That is a fair argument. Mm-hmm. But also, I understand that there are like transgender male actors out there who, who maybe wanted that part. But they're also, I don't know if they're going to sell tickets. So where... And maybe they're not talented. I guess. <laughs> you know, like get those people in for, for uh, an audition. Wherein lies the problem? Is it in casting somebody who... 
uh, in not casting somebody who deserved the part, mm-hmm. or is it in Hollywood in general not having enough people famous enough of that minority that they could sell movie tickets? This is the problem they're going to have with the uh, Mulan movie and the Aladdin movie because they knew going in they're not going to get away with whitewashing this movie. Right. It's going to be a huge issue if they whitewash the movie, which, by the way, it should. But they had a really hard time finding people famous enough and talented enough for those parts right. because they're not networked. Yeah. Uh, and so those movies might be good, but there's no way those movies are going to make even close to the coin mm-hmm. that Beauty and the Beast made. Yeah, I agree. Because of the famous white actress at the front of it. So who do you think they're... Have they already casted people to play Mulan and Aladdin? Yeah, that's all That's all in the, all taken care of. In the pipeline. And they didn't go with like Lucy Liu for Mulan? 45-year-old Lucy Liu? I, well, that's my thing. <laughs> like that Wouldn't that be such a huge controversy? Like, well, okay, they said, were really stretching. People always talk about this in their fan theories. Like a lot of people said because she has red hair, Amy Adams should play Ariel in the live. Right. Ariel, who's like 14. Right. <laughs> it's so dumb. Is she 14? Thereabouts. Amy Adams probably will play Ariel. Yeah, maybe. No, it's going to be Chloe Grace, Chloe Grace Moretz at one point, and I think oh. she's not doing it anymore. She bailed. I don't know. I don't know. Stop asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even asking. I don't know, but I know that, that Scarlett Johansson kind of botched the the response. Because she just said, listen, other people have done it. Yeah. Well, and also I'm Jeffrey Tambor and Jared Leto are not good role models. No. Yeah, you're right. You should never say Jeffrey Tambor and Jared Leto did it. Yeah. Why can't I? <laughs> right. What's wrong with me, ScarJo, doing it? Anyway. Also, why didn't she get Colin Yost to write her whole Colin Jost to write her whole response. He's can actually you, like, can you write me some jokes for when I talk about, but I feel for like, when I respond to the transgender community, cause I pissed them off. Can you write me some funny, like quirky pop cultural jokes? I feel like he would just be articulate enough to like, you know, ScarJo's job's acting, not necessarily writing and right. crafting. Right. She should have gotten Sofia Coppola to write her response. She could have done that. Yeah. Maybe she did do that. I'm disappointed in Sofia Coppola. But maybe Sofia Coppola just did that because it's kind of contrarian to what should be said. Is that something Sofia Coppola Sometimes would do? I find that's something that smart, you know what? smart writers you do. You know what? Maybe they tried, but it just got lost in translation. Uh, Patrick Stewart could come back and play Jean-Luc Picard in a Star Trek movie. I heard that. Uh, I heard the Star Trek show. Maybe the show, maybe the, the, the Discovery show. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's talk of that. I think there there's a bit of a rumor that I heard that, uh, and I don't know how the show ended, but from what I heard, I think, spoiler alert, I think Star Trek Discovery kind of went in a direction of like, oh, what? It's not the time that we thought it oh. was. Uh, so it could ostensibly be a, a time when maybe Jean-Luc Picard is alive. Okay. Like in the it like it could be around that time frame rather than before or maybe there's like a they go through a black hole and end up in a different time i don't know here's my hot take i think tv dramas are getting a little too hooked on the end of season big reveal right i think they're getting a little too comfy with the big twist Mm -hmm. yeah that could definitely be said for many shows yeah even end of end of episode cliffhangers yeah which you know i found like like Lost kind of started the whole thing, maybe. Right. 
and then well, definitely those were i mean they didn't invent the cliffhanger no of course not but they really kept people hanging on for the next week oh my god did they maybe ever. twin peaks kind of did that as well i'm sure there's been a bunch of shows that have done that but i'm sure definitely I, I think dallas very famously had a few sure, of them yeah. you're right though when you were watching lost on like a network season oh, week to week yeah. it was agonizing remember that season of lost when it was like jack and uh that was what, all the seasons yeah jack was there right and he's he turns to um hershey uh, Hurley, <laughs> right? And he says, right. He says, Hershey, get off this island. <laughs> Let's saying. make a deal. <laughs> no, uh, at the end, I was actually going somewhere with this. By the way, and it was if Sawyer didn't at some point call him Hershey, they missed a huge <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> Guys, I will I will give you my number at the end of the hey, uh, JJ Abrams right and uh, Damon what's his name Lindelof Damon Lindelof, call me up. Uh, no, at the end of I think it was season four when they said we have to go back to the island right. and you were like what this this was a flash forward yeah yeah this wasn't a flashback yeah. they were doing flashbacks yeah that was mind blowing. It was mind blowing, and you know what? I kind of—I remember kind of picking up on it early in the episode. Not—not nice. not so much that I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But I remember being like, "That cell phone is anachronistic to when it ought to be." If we're doing oh, flashbacks, good pull. And then I was just like, "Oh well." And then we found out it's actually a flash forward. And the whole uh, following season did only flash forwards. Yes, which was amazing. And then Damon Lindelof's next network drama was called Flash Forward. <laughs> that was. Two on the nose, yeah. and I started watching Flash Forward. Did you watch it? No. It was good. Yep. And then it was, they started doing too much of a, like, they were, like, investigating the Flash Forward, which which I thought was interesting, but then they were like, oh, my God, another Flash Forward happened, and that's when the show jumped the shark. Right. I don't know anything about it. It was within, like, five episodes. Another. Was Hershey in that? Hershey, Hershey made a cameo. Yeah? Uh-huh. He was in, he had a show. Really? Alcatraz. Was it called Alcatraz? He was in a show. I want to say it was him and Ben Linus, was it? No, was it him and Jim Caviezel? No, Jim Caviezel and Ben Linus did a show. <laughs> yeah. Hershey did a show. Jorge Garcia <laughs> was in a show about Alcatraz. And that's all really? I remember. Yeah. No, I totally missed that. All right. Wow. In any case, we love Lost. Yeah, definitely. What? what? Uh, right, because we were talking about Star Trek and that led us into this. Um, Jim Carrey's going to play the villain in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Mad Libs are fun. <laughs> Is that was that a Mad Lib? It could have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he actually gonna, is going to play the villain in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So the guy with like the huge, basically the villain in Mad Max. I guess I don't know. the The villain in the most recent Mad Max reminded me of uh, like whatever the villain in Sonic the Hedgehog's name was, where he has like a gas mask thing to his face and has like crazy hair, and he's really fat. Right. I wonder if that's the villain they're talking about. I never played Sonic the Hedgehog. No. No. On Sega. 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 Did I tell you I built a, a video game system? 
No, you did not tell me this. I did a little somehow glazed over this. (laughs) I did a little bit of research. It's very cool. This is like a thing that like a lot of nerds have done. Mm -hmm. It's not like groundbreaking or anything, but I did a lot of research and uh, I I learned about this this very interesting little uh, little motherboard. It's a computer called Raspberry Pi Three. Yeah, that's what's in that's what's in your little Cody. It's in a Cody. It's Uh in uh, I think it's in like the Amazon Echo. Okay. Um. Anyway, it's just like a a very cheap little computer uh, which you can. Upload with an OS called RetroPie, which okay. is what like arcades use to run uh, computer simulations of old video games. Yeah. And you can you can basically, without having to know any like Linux or, or HTML, you can you can code this system to play like three thousand old video games. No, so way. you can play anything from the original NES system, anything from the original Super Nintendo, Sega. Dreamcast, you can play Atari games. You can play N64 games, but they are kind of glitchy. And you need to use your own Raspberry. You couldn't use Cody for this? I don't think so. You'd have to buy a Raspberry Pi, which is like 35 bucks. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Have you been using it much? I'll show you when we're done. You won't believe how well it works. This is great. Yeah. I'm definitely going to do that. The podcast is kind of all over the map tonight. I know. It's so hot in here. It's 36 degrees in Halifax. Drake dropped a new album. Drake did. Apparently, it's just okay. He has a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And someone, I don't know if this was a joke, but you know the line in God's Plan where it's like, I only love my bed and my mama, I'm sorry. Yeah. Someone made a meme that was like, when you realize that Drake's son's name is actually Adonis Mabed, whatever. <laughs> and when he says, I only love my bed, he's talking about his son. And mm-hmm. it's just a guy's face like exploded. So has he been involved with this kid? I don't. I have no idea any of the backstory. I know Pusha T released an album, being like, "No, he didn't release an album." Diss saying tracks, it. right? He released a diss track yeah. saying, "Like, you got a kid, and you're not caring for her. What's wrong with you?" So it's known within the community. Then it's like when Hannibal uh, kind of outed Bill Cosby. Yeah, it, it kind of is like that. Drake it's not the, fair to Drake say it's the same. Is, no, no, it's not, not fair to say. And it's I think the same. he might have been supporting the kid still. Good, good Canadian boy. But I'm not positive. Kumail Nanjiani's going to be in the Men in Black reboot. Heard about that? With Chris Hemsworth. Is he going to be like the main guy? I don't think so. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Maybe it will be Chris Hemsworth and Kumail. That'd be great. I I would sign on for that. Me too. That's all I got. That's all I got too. It's your turn to go first. You may recap either of these shows. God, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, I think, the staircase? Okay. Why not? Weird. We've never done a doc before on no, this show. No. Let's do it. Recap right. the first episode of The Staircase in three, two, one, go. Okay, so we zoom in on uh, Michael Penn. Is Michael Penn? I can do this. Uh, quick, so that's fine. Uh, his name is uh, Michael Peterson. Michael Peterson. All right. Three, uh, two, one, go. We zoom in on Michael Peterson. He's giving uh, an interview to a news station about uh, the night his wife died. Um, he essentially says, you know, then she fell down the stairs and she died and I didn't hear her. I certainly didn't know it was going to be the last night. Anyways, ends up getting convicted of murder, hires, um, you know, uh, lawyers and stuff. And they're saying he, she was like, it looks like she was beaten, but she actually fell down the stairs and died. There's no way. And eventually convicts him of murder. Yeah, so does he actually go to jail in the first episode of the show? No, he doesn't go in the first episode. I I think I actually Wikipedia'd it. Yeah, I did a lot of I did a lot of digging. Although there are lots of people who are super experts on this because yeah. they've been obsessed with it for like 14 years. Okay. This episode that we watched today, the first episode of the show, the first 8 episodes of the show came out in 2004. Oh, wow. 
And then three more, no, two more episodes came out in 2013. And then it's on Netflix now because three more episodes have come out. Oh, I see. So basically every time the story gets updated, they do a little more right. of this documentary. Um, and people have kind of become, uh, their, their fascination has reignited. And it's kind of, it's kind of not dissimilar from, from the OJ Simpson trial in that it's uh, been tried by public opinion. And there's lots of unbelievable evidence and right. not necessarily convictive evidence, just like weird shit. Right. Like there's this whole subplot with an owl. Do you know about the owl? No. So uh, all the like lacerations on her scalp. Yeah. Like, and one of the things that doesn't add up to the investigators is that she fell down the stairs. How come her head is all like... Right. And they they that was the big thing in the first episode. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of people believe that she was attacked by an owl. An owl. Like, like there's apparently a thing where they live. There's like very vicious owls. She was attacked by an owl as she was like coming in the front, front door. Yeah. She was like beaten almost unconscious. And then she fell down the stairs. Whoa. Because she was beaten unconscious by this owl. Yes. Whoa. Was there feathers? Yes. There were, there were feathers. There were a couple of little feathers. Oh my God. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. But. Then there's the whole other contingent of people who are like, that's fucking insane. That didn't happen. Right. Yeah. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But it's like a very, like, it's a whole subsection of the Wikipedia story about uh, Karen Peterson or whatever her name is. Kathleen Peterson. My take from the first episode is why don't they give you a look at all of that? Yeah. All of these crazy theories that kind of like happen. I feel like the Jinx did a great job of it. The Jinx. The Jinx was the story about um, Robert, um, uh, what is his name? They kind of made fun of it on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in the second season. Okay. Um, He was the guy played by Fred Armisen. And, like, he ends up killing his wife, and he's got, like, a a really troubled past. And and at the end of it, they, he's got his mic on, Uh. and he goes into the washroom. He's like, they got you. Oh, man, they got you. And he's, like, really weird. Mm-hmm. And he like burps when he's nervous. He's a super eccentric guy. Okay. And they just did a great job of te- going through the history and teasing out certain things. And I forget. I think the the guy produced like Murder by Numbers or something. Like it, okay. he, like he directed that. Anyway, did a great job of telling the story. I found it such a freaking slog to get through this episode. Yeah. I did not this episode. Yeah. Oh, really? I did not. I was not interested by any, and maybe it's because I, I already watched making a murderer Yeah, and I just thought like, what does this, the owl thing is the most interesting thing I've heard so far. Yeah. So, well, the big difference between making a murderer and this show, yeah. I'm, I'm not very well schooled in either. I, I think the story with making a murderer is that, uh, they made him a murderer. Right. Narratively. Right. Because, because they exploited his naivete. That's right. Is that fair? Yep. Whereas this guy is like a successful novelist right. and university professor. He is the opposite of that making a murderer guy. Yeah. He seems to have his shit together. And I think this story is about how trial by public opinion, whether you're guilty or not, will right. ruin your life. Right. Oh, absolutely. I believe in the end, um, like I like I said, I Wikipedia'd it and I think he was convicted in the end. 
he was. He spent a long time in jail, but he's free now. Oh, he's free now. That's why there's new episodes. Oh. Is they were able to, you know, reopen the case for whatever reason. Well, the craziest thing that I read on Wikipedia, and I, I don't think either of us are going to continue watching this show. No, just because it's, I don't like, I don't like the idea of someone's life getting ruined if there's a chance they're innocent. Right. And somebody's life got ruined regardless. So, well, someone died. Yeah. Well, and but then all these kids too. I mean, they're adult children right. are like some of them. It's very hard to tell like if in the end they're going to believe their dad. Yeah. And is the son a villain? Like I found that Todd, the, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I found the scene between him and the, the judge where the judge says like, stop being so daggum smart and answer the questions. Yeah. Like felt like that was, and he's kind of got a smirk on his face. It's like, why are you smiling about this? This is awful. I find it. Yeah, but I found all the kids able to talk about Kathleen's death very easily. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that, yeah. which seems suspicious in its own right. Right. Yeah, but on the other hand, I kind of feel like people, when there's a jury involved, yeah. or, or just like a public spectating involved, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like people make up their mind based on whether or not they feel okay about how somebody else is dealing with their grief. So like, you know sure. that scene where the guy is... Uh, Michael Peterson is just sitting in the room while the other investigators are talking about the lacerations on, on Kathleen's head yeah. and he starts to cry and he has to leave. Yes. You notice that? Yeah. Like that was affecting and it makes lots of sense. Totally. Like, especially if he's innocent, right? That makes perfect sense. Right. But if he didn't do that because his body just didn't make him cry in that moment, right? Because all kinds of fucking things are happening totally. in his head. People are going to find that weird and it's not really his call. Right. Yeah, you're right. It's just an automatic response. Like if you're if you're even able to say to you're able to like lucidly say to the press, "I am sorry that my wife is dead and I need this time to yeah. grieve my wife." People are like, "You're lying. You're why, a cold-blooded killer." Why is he like completely grieving in the moment? So listen, do you think after having watched one episode, he killed her? Um I don't necessarily think he did. But I think someone in the circle did. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You think Todd maybe? I don't know. Like Todd, Todd for some reason really stuck out to yeah, me. Yeah, he did. As the villain in Yeah. It. But I mean, that's that's also crazy to say. It's so crazy that there's a whole docu-series about this. Yeah. Because I'm standing here blaming someone's son for a murder <laughs> that they very well could not have committed. I've said it before. These shows are unethical to exist. Yes. I totally agree with that. Um, I love the owl thing. I also love the whole thing about, so reading the Wikipedia page, I haven't got to my point yet. He apparently, when he lived in Germany, lived with... Uh, this is another very damning factor in the story. So the the lady that he was... He wasn't dating, but he ended up adopting her kids. Right. And she was like, he, they call her his friend. Oh, is that what, what yeah. they say? Okay. And he, she ended up dead at the bottom of. She also died. She in a also died from falling down a staircase. That is unfortunate. Isn't that insane? Yep. And then well, like, and he said like two adopted, wives died too. Adopted those two kids. And his other wife died too, and right? But not in a staircase. Oh, his other wife died too? Well, like that 18-year-old, the girl who they're talking to, where she's like, sorry, are you talking about Kathleen or my biological mom? Right. Like she died too, right? Yeah, I think so. It was hard to follow. I was kind of Wikipediaing and like Googling while watching the show. But here, like all of this, 
I don't think he did it. Just watching one episode, no. I didn't get a weird vibe from him. I'm honestly enjoying this conversation more than I am the actual show. So maybe yeah. that's the the whole key. I think that's the point of these things. Yeah, they're such water cooler shows. Right. Yeah. Damn. Maybe I do recommend it, but I don't think I do. You don't recommend it. It's like a big thing, eh? I know it's a super big thing, but I'm I'm not behind it after show one. There was one thing one of the investigators said, and he's one of the guys who's like big time in the camp of this guy did it. He's guilty Mm -hmm. where he's like narrating or explaining to somebody else. uh, Michael Peterson never considered that people might think he was guilty. And he was, he was using that as evidence to suggest that like Michael Peterson was like a sociopath or something. Right. But to me, that statement isolated is evidence that he is innocent because if I were to kill you right now, no, no, Better example. If you were to have a terrible accident and die right now, right. my first reaction would not be, people are going to think I did this. Right. If you are innocent, you're not worried about you in it. You're just devastated. Whereas if you are guilty and you killed somebody, you're probably fixating on whether or not you're going to get caught. That's right. And wouldn't you think that killing, there's like, maybe if she just went missing, it would be better than falling down the stairs? Well, that's the other thing is he was, when he does eventually get convicted, he gets convicted without the option for parole, which only happens if it was first degree premeditated murder. Right. And does that murder scene look premeditated? Premeditated, It's so sloppy. Right. If you are going to plan to murder your wife, wouldn't you do what Sandra Oh said she would do in the first episode of Killing Eve? Right. You wouldn't just be so sloppy. Yes. Like, Yeah. yeah. That was a great reference, by the way. That was I've thought a lot about that scene. Yeah. <laughs> she was so specific. Felt particular unease about yeah. that. Yeah. Um Yeah, and oh, there was one other point that I wanted to make and I think I forgot. Uh No, I think that's pretty much it. I love how the the show ended. The first show ended with just the speakers playing like <laughs> help! Help! Someone help me. I found that so traumatic. I really need help. And the, yeah. cr- the credits just start rolling. So that was just like a test person checking to see if you can hear someone screaming for help. Totally. From like down by the But pool like they're making Todd stand there and test it. I know. Why is he there? I'd be like, okay. I can stand in the kitchen if you want. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I have been lucky enough to never have to call 911. Yeah, me too. But if I was in a horrible, scary emergency incident yep. and I got the lip that Michael Peterson got from that 911 dispatcher? Oh, I I, I like, would please have, send an ambulance. I, how many stairs? Yeah, I would have what? sued. Does it matter how yes. many stairs? I don't know, 15 Someone's or 20? 911. Please send an ambulance. Yeah. Stop the talk here. Yes. I would just start going. You know what? I heard this one time um from a friend who is friends with a deaf person and they're trained to just pick up the phone Call 911 and just repeat the address. Okay. Until I hang up. Like okay. 58, or like, sorry, I'm just going to start saying my my street. Uh-oh, Michael B. Uh, Jordan's like going to show up at your house now. 83 Portland Street, 83 <laughs> Portland Street, 83 Portland Street, 83 Portland Street, and then just hang up. And they're like, they're going to send someone right They have away. to send someone to that yeah, scary phone call. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. So, All right. Well, uh, I, I don't give it my recommendation because, like I said, I'm kind of against these shows. Yeah. Uh, and it is interesting. And if he's innocent, I hope he lives a happy life. Now I want to But read he hasn't s- so far. And now I want to read some <laughs> of the fan stories about it. Yeah. Where is he going to... Like, I would just move to Australia or something. So many people think he's a murderer. 
Uh-huh. And so many people he's loved have died. Yes. He's just had a horrific life. He's either a murderer or yeah. having an awful time. The least lucky person ever. Yeah. Do you know who D.B. Cooper is? Yes. Did you hear the update? No. That they found him? They found him? Is he alive? He's alive. No. Shut the fuck up. He's... He, they basically like decoded an old message of his. And... I, don't, I find it so funny when these guys who are like literal geniuses and they put fucking coded messages because they can't help themselves. Yeah. They want to be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Because it gives them a rush to think they've like, they've left it in front of you. He's not going to get caught, but they know who he is. They know. Who, oh, they just don't know where he is. No. They, they're not. Or like, like they can't get him or whatever. There's a statute of limitations. He only ever stole $200,000. Right? right. And a plane. Good on it, man. I know. It's he's kind of a folk hero, right? Yeah, he didn't hurt like I was gonna say, did they kind of just say like, ah, you got away with this one? <laughs> we'll give you this one. Yeah. Thanks so for the stories. Have they like publicized who he is or are they? Yeah, just we like, can we can look it up a little bit, but like for people what? who don't know, this is the guy who who basically he's he robbed banks, right? He robbed yeah. a bank, he stole two hundred thousand dollars cash, yep. stole a plane, and disappeared for thirty years. It, isn't that what the whole plot of Without a Paddle is? They go uh, searching for D.B. Cooper? Maybe, yeah. Without a Paddle is a great watch. Uh, Dax Shepard often refers to that. Uh, he says, when we were making it, we thought we were making Diner in the Woods. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is not quite what it was. No. But it is a good movie. It, it was great. I, yeah. it was, it, you could, I feel like that's a rewatchable. Dax Shepard had his mom on his podcast this week. Did you listen to that? I didn't listen. I will. I think it's cool. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Yep. I found it weird how he's like, my number one gal... I'm like, well, you should maybe put your wife in there, too. He talks, so, yeah, but they're not going to stay married. You don't think so? No. They don't love each other. You can tell. It's very weird the way they talk to each other. You listen and, to the podcast and about each other. Them? I listen to it a lot. And also, he's a big mama's boy. He talks about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, he seems a little more confident. Well, no, no. I don't even want to say confrontational. Like him and Belle, their whole, their whole MO as a couple is marriage is hard, but we're trying to make it work. Yeah, <laughs> like that's their whole public persona they as a married like, couple. They want to be public about that because she and and she maintains that that's because she wants people to know that you know marriage like it, it's a struggle. She wants Which is it a good to be message. real. Like she was the first guest on his podcast ever. Yeah, and they were fighting at the start of the podcast. I know, and he says that. And yeah, he's like, and you know, I feel like I was a bit controlling, and some of the stories that they tell. Like, I did not think that that podcast was going to be that podcast. It's kind of a big podcast. Yeah, like for being like. You and I are like third generation podcasters. Mm-hmm. He's like fourth. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like he's been around for that long? Oh, you mean like, no. oh, oh, age wise. Yeah. Like he's just, yeah, I just mean right. like, like if Marin is a first generation podcaster, yeah. uh, even w- you and I are thirds. We probably. started before him. Yeah. We started before Dak right. Shepard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about this other show. I don't think we're going to have that much to say about the other, this other show, Vita. No. <laughs> you have a lot to so, say? All right. Sorry. Okay. I just needed to bark. I meant like, no, we don't have a lot to say. No. Um, okay. Uh, I am going to put the stopwatch up. Could recap the pilot episode of this new show on stars called Vita. I'll go and go. In three, two, one, go. Old lady dies at her kitchen sink. There's a, a funeral. Her two daughters come back home. It's very clear who two, da- two daughters have never really gotten along. They're kind of opposites, and there is immediate uh, tension. One of the daughters is very cold. She's all business. She's not really interested in showing her emotions. The other one is kind of like, uh, kind of airy fairy. And there's uh, a bunch more. Uh, there's 
some cunnilingus and then there's <laughs> a funeral and people are really sad and ultimately both of them are sad and they're going to be friends eventually yeah i would say the other part of it is so she owned a building and there's a whole narrative about the um, gentrification of the area right and they could That's potentially true. sell the building and they're also kind of looked at as two people that moved away from the area and not the cholo kind of native style uh mexican people that the community kind of rejects them that's right yeah yeah Yeah, and i say cholo i don't know how offensive that is to mexicans because i don't know that many mexican people but uh, i think there's a lot of uh uh uh, uh, that kind of language yeah oh yeah 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 definitely so some of the language i'm not sure how severe it is and and i think some of it's kind of severe yeah, yeah. I wanted to get another look at the mom in her death scene because to me she looked a thousand. And then yeah. in the in the end when they're showing like old home movies of her and she was like, "Oh my god, I did not put that together at all." Yeah, yeah. she looked so old. She looks yeah. like uh, a straight up. So you didn't realize that was the mom until now? Grandma. No, I. When, by the time I saw the home video, yeah. I was like, "Oh man, the mom was like, she is was she hot. supposed to be so hot?" Yeah, because <laughs> she looks so hot in this show. Yeah, and she's like, "No, it would." She's like, "It only could have been like twenty years difference." But she ages like sixty years in twenty that's years. The thing. She's she's only supposed to be like fifty years old or something. But they use like an eighty-five year old actress for this. Yeah, I find it very strange. And if she's that old, why is everybody this brokenhearted? I can't believe she's gone. Right. She was. It was her time to go. Yeah, I know. The whole thing, okay, okay. I'm like, why did they make this show? It's based on a short story by a guy named uh, Richard Valiegas Jr. Okay. Uh, the short story is called Poor Vida. Which, uh, does that mean uh, for life? For life, I think. I guess. Uh, and, and the show or was because good. life? No, yeah. The, the show was going to be called that too, and then last minute they, they changed it just to Vida, which again, like, if it didn't have the character of being in another language, it's just a show called Life, which nauseates me. I was, I was saying, I said, before the show started, the show is called Vida. If this show does not contain any Spanish speaking at all, I'm turning it off within like 10 minutes. Yeah. But very quickly, it, it proved. No, it did. It's, it's celebratory of that culture from, from kind of a dark angle. Yes. And I find that kind of interesting. I found it very catty. Definitely. And the two main women are not interesting people. They're very cliche. Yeah. Again. They're very Prince and the Popper. I, I just don't understand how the show can work. The mom dies. The the older professional is not very likable. Um, the younger one is, yeah, like you said, very airy-fairy. Uh, ends up, like, getting this guy to cheat on his Fiance, Did that happen really fiance? fast? Because I like looked yes. down at my watch and then suddenly his head was between her knees. It, it literally was. It's it kissed the the kiss lasted for two seconds and then it just smash cut. <laughs> yeah, to his head between her knees. That is the most awkward sex scene since the room. I think. Yeah, yeah. It was certainly the most awkward sex scene on some stairs. It was very weird and it was super open. Like I was waiting for the baby mama to walk around the corner. And by the way, then she refers to his baby mama and he gets way too offended by the term baby mama for somebody who clearly doesn't have a moral compass. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think that these these two ladies would be considered such enemies around this area. Like no. They're, it seems like they've got a target on their head as they're walking around because they like moved out and did something different. Right. Uh, they what do they call them? White Tina or yeah, white 
whiteinas. Like, I don't know. I heard the term Spanglish at one point, and I was like, oh, I know that term. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's latch onto it. Definitely, yeah, definitely a world far removed uh, from anything. I'd like to think that that's not a reason I would not watch something, though. No. If anything, it should be more interesting. Yeah, I, I think so, but I just didn't find the show that good. No. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I found the whole, like, first of all, like, as soon as the bar scene happened and the roommate who was was she potentially the lover of whom of the grandma oh maybe i think that they were like kind of upset about that oh like maybe it kind, of, it kind of clued in and we're like wait what the what the hell yeah um anyway she's like grieving hardcore about yep. this yep. and just picks up a knife at the bar and people are like whoa whoa and that's the time for the ex-boyfriend that airy fairy used to love yeah to swoop in and be like, hey, stop that. Put it down. And like hugs her. And, and that that's when he goes to like get a, a room that leads to the kind of like, like the whole thing. Why did she just pick up a nut? What, was she yeah. going to stab someone? Right. Like, what are you doing? It was very soapy. That yeah. moment especially was very soapy. Totally. But then the whole show in general yeah. was soapy. Why is this getting such good reviews? I mean, there's six episodes out now, so maybe it goes somewhere. Well, but it gets, it, it's got really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. How does it deviate from the short story? Because the short story is like 20,000 words tops. Yeah. Did you read it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's probably not 20,000 words. It's probably 10,000 words. Yeah. And like, what do they cover in that? Because this is clearly a show about a slow burn rebuild of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, and neither of them being that likable was pretty hard to watch. Um, they had a bar, like I think there's gonna be like some like gang activity in it. Like the, oh, you the think? guy, yeah, I think the guy who like made the the offer to buy the place is a bad guy. That was kind of referenced by the probably possible lover, right? Well, I don't know. I just wasn't into it. I was, I like as soon as I turned the show off, I went that show sucks. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I, I thought it sucked, that's, too. That's where I'm at. Don't watch either of this week's shows. We haven't had one of these in a while. No, I mean, people like The Staircase. I can at least say that. I don't know anyone who likes Vita, except for the people on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And even the audience score was like 67%. Ah. So it's one of those It's weeks. just not offering anything that's not out there already. I don't think so. Westworld ended. That was a big thing. Yep. It was a... Impactful ending. It was another impactful ending. They yep. did like an after... The, they did like a Marvel style after the credit sequence. Right. Um, where it ended up being like, oh, whoa, maybe everything ever was a simulation right? kind of thing. It was neat. Yeah. I'm interested to see what they do. I don't know that necessarily next season is going to be in Westworld at all, but I also said that this season. It's mm -hmm. one of those shows they could so easily put back again and like rewind the clock. Is it time they start figuring out an exit strategy for this show? I I think there's a lot more story to tell okay, if they straighten it out. Okay. Straighten it the F out. Right. Like start from where it ended and do something. Okay. Explain it. Don't mix up all the chapters and make it so confusing to watch. Like it is not, as of right now, it is not the next in line for the Game of Thrones. Are uh, you watching the new season of Glow or did you really watch the first season? I didn't watch the first season. It's great, man. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, Dude, you started watching Atlanta. Yeah. We didn't talk about this at all. Well, I mean, I watched the first season of Atlanta last year. Oh, sorry. And you started watching the second season. Yeah. And I haven't watched any more since Teddy Perkins. Right. 
But I wanted to talk on the podcast about the Teddy Perkins episode. so tormenting. Yeah. <laughs> Did it really mess you up? It was genuinely horrifying. Like it was, I, I can't imagine being more scared by something. I was doing morning radio that week. Right. So I went to bed and then I had to get up in my apartment at 4.30 in the morning oh. and walk from my bed to my car in the garage. And that really And that was upsetting. You. Really? Yeah. Wow. Even knowing that it was Donald Glover that played Teddy Perkins the whole time? I knew that. It took Becky about halfway through to realize it. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange to me that like the other actors in the show didn't know it was him. I find that hard. Oh, to I didn't know that part of it either. Yeah. Like uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who plays uh, Paperboy. Yeah. He was on cue with Tom Power and he found out on the show. Really? Like Tom Power said it and he was like, wait, what? Really? What? It's kind of bizarre to me. No like, way. He, he's, there are certain things he says or like certain like eye mo- movements that you're like, oh, that's Donald Glover. Yeah. No, that made it scarier to me. It was just all very, and it was weird because I watched it the same day Joe Jackson died. So there's this whole other element ah. of uh, like torturous uh, art- artist dads. Yeah. And that's kind of what you got from it, wasn't it? Like, yeah. The torturous artist dad. Like it was almost like, this is this supposed to be kind of Michael Jackson-y? It's totally supposed to be Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. With probably shades of other people. Right. But it's 100% Michael Jackson. Okay. okay. We agree on that. Yeah. But the whole twin part of it was such a mind fuck too. It was such a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but Darius remained a uh, huge, or Darius. He's amazing. He's it amazing. It kind of falls uh, victim to the same fatal flaw that so many horror movies apparently fall victim to though is, why didn't you get out of there? Right. Why didn't you leave? Which is... When the ostrich egg happened, why didn't you leave? He was also in... But that's Darius's whole character. Kind of. But he is the guy who who says, hashtag get out. He is get out. Yes. But he never never runs in the show. He's always just like experiencing whatever happens. He's like, we have vibes in here. But like he like just stays stays in it. Do you think that he is uh, that he is Alfred's imaginary friend? This is a fan theory. Oh no way! Yeah, really? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, other people talk to him. Yes, Lakeith uh, Stanfield, who plays Darius, was on Comedy Bang Bang today. Nice. And he was so close to Darius that it was kind of like he's really like playing into certain bits, and then also like being super weird, like like Reggie Watts style weird. Okay, where he'll kind of just start like vamping. Like while doing a bit with other people, yeah, and he's like, it was interesting. It, it was kind of a slow start. You should give it a listen. I will. I saw That's him all I on. Can say. I saw him on something last week. I don't know what it was. Maybe Jimmy Fallon. He was odd. Yeah, he wasn't very groomed for the media savviness, but I kind of liked that about him. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he's like, he's he's straight up. Like yeah. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Like sometimes he would just kind of zone out. And come back. I don't know. It's just interesting. To me. He did get into trouble last week. He released a rap song and it, he used like, he said like fag in it or something. People didn't uh, like that. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing. And that kind of surprises me. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you do? I don't know. Um, That's all yeah. we got. I don't know. How, how do we end this podcast again? Will Smith. Will Smith. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't research any Will Smith facts for two truths and a lie. I could just like, I could just like tell you some things I know about Will Smith. Let's hear. Uh, and you you would have to guess which one is a lie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so two two freshes and a not so fresh. Yeah, Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith uh, auditioned for the role of Alf on the '80s sitcom. Did we use this already? Did we? <laughs> I think you might have. Is that your <laughs> I have a limited imagination. 
And also a finite number of things I know as a fact to be true about Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith uh, is afraid of toasters. Oh, that's got to be true. And Will Smith saw the movie Back to the Future and thought it was a documentary. Until somebody told him otherwise. And he still wasn't sure. Are these all true? They're all true. Man, I would never trust that guy. Never trust Will Smith. <laughs> okay.